you just talk about the city of Toronto, that it represents a nation, that we now have the best resources that, as it relates to getting players better, our facility in Dunedin in 2024, our player-focused facilities that will be in Rogers Centre will be, in our opinion, one of one. The ability to acquire players at every level, to maximize spending in amateur and international, to be able to trade for players, to be able to go after high-caliber free agents like George Springer, Yunchen Ryu, and Kevin Gossman, and Chris Bassett, that's an exciting and easy thing to sell. So it's not something we're looking to overcome. It's something that we're celebrating, and that is fun to do. Fan Morning Show, Sports Night 590, the fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. That, of course, Toronto Blue Jays general manager, Ross Adkins. Uh, there's a name you didn't hear there. He didn't, he didn't say Shohei Otani at no, all. No, he didn't. And you, con- you didn't say good morning. A good, yeah, good morning. Um, and contrary to, to what some people believe, like, there is no rule against mentioning free agents. Like, there is nothing in the CBA that says you, you can't talk about Free agents. Well, you, you can't talk about specifics of the contract negotiation. Mm-hmm. You are allowed to talk about them. As far as the CBA is concerned. Manfred's now, rules. Yeah. Whether the guy that we're talking around, we can talk about him specifically, but mm-hmm. they're talking around. Whether he wants you to talk specifically about him, another story. Does feel like probably not, though. Uh, feels like definitely probably not. What a, what a day. Like, we're going to run through it all, but... Feels like we've had, you know, a few days where there's been some logs on the fire of Shohei news of like, well, this is interesting. Obviously, the Rosenthal report of him visiting Dunedin, that was a, you know, that was a big old log on the fire. But yesterday, it felt like the hot stove truly, truly got going just in terms of the Robert stuff and the back and forth. And like, we'll walk you through it all if you missed it yesterday. But man, like, what a day. This is... This is what big time free agency is supposed to be like. Do you honestly, I had, this is completely different, but I had flashbacks too, and I can't even remember the particulars of it, but there was, I want to say maybe it was Deandre Jordan. There was a free agent involved in the NBA. Mark Cuban had him like locked in his house or whatever was going on. It's like, that sounds way more nefarious than it was. Um, To my understanding, he was happy to be there, but it's like, this is what big free agency is supposed to feel like. We don't know what everything we're reading into inferring stuff out of it. And it's just this. This is amazing, Ben. Well, and that's, and listen, we'll, we'll get to the other, there's like metatextual readings of all of this. And like, there's different layers about talking about what is happening here. We'll, we'll talk about how all the insiders are upset that they, they can't get scoops and are yeah, lashing too, out. The way. They're uh, lashing out. I'm with the insiders. I stand um, with them. To your point about DeAndre Jordan, who yes. is, who is at last check, DeAndre Jordan. Um, like this, Shoya Tani, <laughs> he's taking it to another level, but... It's not like this is just an open source text for people when a free agent is making the rounds. Like sometimes you, you have a little more tangible reporting on the subject, but it's like I, the, the Buster only story. God, I, I didn't want to do this right now. Yeah. And we won't, but like the Buster only story, the, oh, it could have been a celebration of baseball where Shohei Otani's going town to town and selling the sport Agreed, and, and the stepping to a podium I and then accepting Buster. flowers. I like, stand with him. Like he's a, a politician or something. Yes. Like that's what, it, give me the example of when that's ever happened. Anyways, <laughs> we'll get to that part of it in just a second. We have to, like you said, kind of run down yeah. what happened yesterday because it was, 
I don't know if we got any tangible reporting out of yesterday. There was, boy, John Heyman's trying to jump on board. This was the, the most tangible thing I saw okay. from yesterday. And take it for what it's worth. Sure. There's, there's been some head-scratching things out of Mr. Heyman. But yesterday he said, or he tweeted out, Otani did tell some folks he knows before Ooh. his probable Jays Florida visit, he has a positive feeling about Toronto. And a few other cities slash clubs, including the Dodgers, don't discount the Jays. Yeah, we, we weren't doing that, John. Thanks, though. Thanks for the heads up. All right. So so we played the, the clip of Ross Atkins off, off the top of the show. That was part of his discussion yesterday. Guess what? He's on message. He got the, he got the memo that whether he thinks it's going to be impactful to discussions or not with Shohei Otani, he's not mentioning him by name. He's not giving out specifics. He's just head down. Just do the thing for like another week or so, and then we'll see what happens at that point. But he's not taking any chances. Say what you will about Ross Atkins. And we have all said a lot of things. If this is a taking to the mic and saying nothing contest, he's Michael Jordan, baby. Yeah, He is truly built for this moment. This is yes. his time. It's like, was he any good in the pitch? Who knows? Maybe he doesn't even know. He can't, he certainly can't say whether he thought it was good or not, <laughs> but this specific <laughs> moment of gladly. Okay, sure. I'll sit down and talk with you. I'm not going to say anything. This is great. Like we make, we, we have all had our comments about the public comments, but this is actually like every person I believe, like, you know, it's funny. I was like thinking about my kid the other day and like obsessed with superheroes and stuff. Everybody's got their own little superpower. Like for me, I could go on very little sleep. Like a doctor would maybe disagree with that, but that's what I can do. Ross Atkins superpower truly is being able to say nothing in these trying times. And yeah. boy, is he good at it? Yeah. This is his Super Bowl. Yep. It's unbelievable. And he's been great at it. He's on pace to be Super Bowl MVP. Obviously, <laughs> if, if things break his way, yeah, he will be one fatted. trillion words said zero things of import. <laughs> yeah, that'd be the stat line. Uh, but this is where a trillion is zero. Like he'd get the Sam Mitchell zero, 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 but it's good. It's true. Yeah, this is where you do one zero, zero, <laughs> zero. All right. So for the first time during the winter meetings, which, by the way, wrap up today. Um, Hardly knew ye biodome in Nashville. Yeah. So we, we finally got something that wasn't a pure zero yesterday. It was shocking. I think it was even shocking to the guy who was giving the non-zero. Yep. And and you can hear exactly what I'm talking about. We'll parse it in just a second. But, yeah, the, the media availability du jour yesterday was Dodgers general manager Dave Roberts, who was asked about Shohei Otani. Clearly, uh, you know, Shohei is our top priority. Am I able to say that? Um, it's a good possibility. I, I think that, um, um, yeah, we met with him. You know, I don't want to, I'd like to be honest. And so uh, we, we, we met with Shohei and uh, we talked and um, I think it went well. I think it went well. But at the end of the day, uh, he's his own man and he's going to do what's best uh, for himself. Um, where he feels most comfortable. He has a very good poker face. So I, I think he was smiling inside. But uh, I was just happy to be spend some time with him. We all were. How confident are you? I feel good about it. But again, you know, he's his own man, which uh, we all respect. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so, I, yeah. I, we're going to spend a lot of time on this. Because there's two things. It's like one, like pretty clearly, like, 
should it be so offensive to a free agent that you admitted to having a conversation with him? Of course not. Is it offensive to Shohei Otani? Who knows? Like, maybe, though. And secondarily, like, you can hear the the oh, wheels yeah. are turning, right? Like, the the gap between him, like, he was... You he can hear Magic to, Johnson screaming, no, don't do this to our Dodgers. Yeah, well, so he starts the media availability doing the thing that yeah. everybody's doing, oh, right? I, yeah, he's uh, a oh, very interesting player. Yeah. yeah, and then he's like, well, what are we doing here? Like, but you can, like, you he can doesn't just say that. click but, on. I guarantee you that's the conversation. It's like, why? Like, really? This is going to blow it for the Dodgers? And then he just says, yeah, we met with, with Shohei Otani. Um, and then he's pretty confident after that. But I will say this part that was not captured. Oh, this is so good. This is out of Bob Nightingale's piece on USA Today. So much, I got to be honest, so much better than any hard reported thing I've seen yet. This is actually my favorite scoop of, of all time, I think. I, I, ne- I didn't see any video of this, no. but like there's nothing the curve more. curve music would be over it if it was. M- man, the memeable possibilities of a piece of, of video that represented this <laughs> is unbelievable, especially if things don't go the Dodgers way. But okay, here's from... Uh, USA Today, Bob Nightingale. Dave Roberts spoke freely and relaxed for 20 minutes, but his face became serious as he spent several moments reading a text message on his phone after the session. He immediately huddled with Dodgers public relations officials. Unbelievable. Amazing. And especially when you hear from Dodgers general manager Brandon Gomes afterwards. Like, it's, it's, okay, Maybe we should play I that I was going to say, let's, uh, like, these two things are too connected because I keep wanting to reference this. So we should just hear it, then we'll, we'll get to it all. Because uh, okay. obviously Here, I think that's what has so to So timeline events, yes. Dave Roberts, and then Dodgers general manager Brandon Gomes. Did you know that Dave was going to disclose the meeting? Um, it's just not something I'm going to talk about right now. Do you think that could impact your guys' chances of signing him? So we're just not going to talk about it. On to Cincinnati. Why are you not talking about it? I mean, because we're not allowed to talk about current free agents. So, it's so just what your manager that, did then is something that's illegal? Uh, <laughs> I mean, Dave made a comment, and, you know, we are just, for us personally, don't feel comfortable going into it any further. What was your reaction when you saw that Dave disclosed the meeting? That, I mean, I was surprised, but like I said, I'm not going to go into any kind of detail on exactly how things played out. Do you think you guys were hurt in pursuing Otani by what your manager said today? Oh, I have no idea. It's <laughs> amazing. I, who's to say? And and at the end of the, uh, when Choi Otani does decide where he's going, we can decide whether this is a factor or not. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what I wouldn't be doing. Rolling the dice like no. Dave Roberts did yesterday. No. Uh, so, okay, let's just, let me, let me posit it to you. What do you think's the most likely scenario there? That that text message that he appeared to be reading, uh, according to the Bob Nightingale piece, that that was somebody from Shohei's camp having already sent word of, oh, you guys blew it? Or do you think it's way more likely there was some nervous Nelly in the front office somewhere higher up the food chain than the manager? Because, again, it's been a bit of a topic in baseball over the past couple of years, saying, what are you doing? How dare you have any shot at ruining this for us? Like, what do you think's more likely there? Because to me, it's pretty clearly the calls like coming from inside the house as somebody in the Dodgers org being like, what are you doing? Yeah, that's pretty clearly yeah. what it was. If, in fact, like the text messages correlated to the reaction. But we, we know how the general manager feels about it because uh, yeah. he said as much was he the guy that sent the text message like possible maybe very possible ownership we know that the general manager 
is not taking any risk with this thing. Of course not. Why um, would you? And then, you know, we talked about yesterday, Ross Atkins' truth pretzel that he yep. had to turn himself into in not lying to the media, but also not divulging exactly what went down mm-hmm. on Monday. Yeah, Brandon Gomes has to, like, walk a fine line of saying, hey, here's why we can't talk about this, because you're not allowed to talk about free agents. And by the way, again, like I, like I said off the top of the show, you are very much allowed to talk about other free agents or pending free agents. You just can't get into the specifics of what exactly negotiations, like what you can't discuss terms of the negotiations that are taking place. It's very weird, by the way, also. What is that you can't discuss, like why? Like, I understand you why can't negotiate through the, the media. To. Like, there's an unfair advantage there. Like, there's, yeah, you, if you start talking about, hey, here's the amount of money we're willing to go to, that, yeah, it's just an untoward situation and possible uh, disadvantage for the player. But, anyways, you are allowed to talk about free agents in mm-hmm. Major League Baseball. Yes. There is no rule against what Shohei Otani has self imposed on this, which is <laughs> don't talk about Fight Club. At all. And, again, we'll see how it plays out. If the Dodgers end up with Shohei Otani, and we can talk about the Vegas odds later, which have changed, by the way, but they are still the favorites to land Shohei Otani, then this is just like a fun little anecdote, and Mm -hmm. maybe we can go back in time and somebody will write a a, a story about what happened here over these couple of days, and we can get a TikTok uh, timeline breakdown Mm -hmm. of exactly what went down and what was in the text message and what Dave Roberts was thinking after he thought maybe he blew it and Brandon Gomes, how mad he was. And it'll just be, ha ha, they'll just have a good chuckle about it in LA. But if they don't get Shohei Otani, whether or not this was a deciding factor in that, Dave Roberts is now the the guy that's going to wear this in LA. It's not Brandon Gomes. It's Dave Roberts. Roberts, who people rightly or wrongly yep. will point to as saying, you blew it. Yeah, how how else can you look at it? And that's the thing is that, you know, this will always be the thing that's pointed to now, whether there was other reasons, whether he was already leaning towards the Jays and this was Dave. Because, you know, there's a million things I thought about with this, right? Like I could have read that. And, you know, you read it differently when you read the quotes versus you hear them versus you see it. But you know, I can see a world where that's Dave Roberts knowing the meeting went amazing. And that's him being like, yeah, we got this guy in the bag. What am I doing here? But I can also see a world where him saying, you know what? This meeting didn't go that good. And I actually don't love our chances. I'm going to throw a Hail Mary here, see what happens. Like, Well, what what he said explicitly was Shoya Otani did not smile. He was yeah. smiling on the inside. So Which, <laughs> we have seen him smile. I know he has a poker face, but like I have seen him in fact uh, smile. I've seen him smile uh, big, striking out Mike Trout at the at the gold medal or final of the WBC, whatever they call it. It is, this is so good to have so many twists and turns throughout this. I'd be dying to know. And it's like, of course, if we knew this, we would have much bigger insight on where he's going to go. But when you'd love to have, and maybe we, we wouldn't have because his poker face is so good, but when you have loved to have seen, because, you know, Shohei, Shohei's not sitting there watching Dave Roberts' presser live. Like, this information got relayed to him at some point in time. I would have loved to have seen his reaction. Like, I, I don't think this is the case, but how much of this is a guy who's kind of, like, 
enjoys the sideshow. We don't think of that at all with no, him. No, he obviously hates it. Well, though. but what are you talking about? Why would this continue to be going on for so long? Yeah, like, it's what counterintuitive. Else is, it really I, is. Like, I, what else is there? Honestly, at this point in time, and this isn't me. Although I do stand with Ken Rosenthal and Buster only saying, "What on earth are you doing? Go, go to the winter meetings and sign." I do stand with them in that, but like, what is left? For him to understand what is left to decide. He's had his meetings. He's seen the places. What are we, what are we doing here? So that's why I do understand, or or I can, the other thing I think that's lost in all this as well from the Roberts piece of this is, you know, Atkins and Schneider and Friedman and Gomes and, you know, like Dave Roberts is the one guy with the like major league long track record there. It's like, I do think there's some element to him just being a player. And he's like, man, I'm the, the guy who swiped the bag to, you know, break the Red Sox curse. Like I got to sit here and play, play the quiet game with Shohei Otani and not mention his name. Like it, it's just, it is very notable to me that it's the guy who has like the longest track record as a player who just says, what are, what are we doing here? And I, I don't think that was a conscious decision. As you heard, he just hummed and hawed and he couldn't do it anymore. He couldn't take it. He just had to be, had to come out with it. I, I, I am dying to see the follow to this one way or another. Yeah. I, yeah, he he did what a reasonable person might do given the same circumstances. Like, there's just no doubt about it that there's, like, logic to telling the truth, right? Like, that's... Okay, Dave Roberts just told the truth. He told the explicit truth that he didn't, like... It's not the nuclear codes, right? No. Like, and he didn't even say, like, hey, Dave, like, did you, how, how big was the offer? It was like, right. oh, that's huge! Yeah. Although he did, like, go into how he felt about you know, Shoy Otani's possibility of pitching again. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, there was like, there were a little more specifics than, than just the surface level. Hey, we met with Shohei Otani. He did the thing that I think a lot of people might've done in the circumstances, given the circumstances, told the truth. It takes restraint to do what the other guys are doing. Big time. Again, like I understand how silly it is and how, short-sighted or stupid it might be for Shohei Otani to 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 choose a team or use even a percentage portion of choosing a team based on how well they can keep a secret but that might that might be it like in the end justify if if you sound like an idiot because you're not telling the truth but you land Shohei Otani who cares cares? yeah why would you not take that tack uh for a couple of days at the winter meetings Dave Roberts didn't and uh it may blow up in his face and as a result Again, I mentioned it. The Vegas odds still have the Dodgers as the favorites to land Shohei Otani. But at last check, overnight, Dodgers went from minus 150 to minus 182. But the Blue Jays went from plus 200 to plus 150. Mm, Saw that as well. So things are getting a little closer in that regard. Uh, Also of note yesterday, I must say that is like, I I agree that it's interesting, but it's also the most hedge your bets move of Vegas. It's like, yeah, we'll give the Giants slightly, you know, shorter odds and we'll do the same with the Jays. It's like, Mm. let's keep hedging those bets because that's all that's left there. Uh, It does feel, and I'll tell you who disagrees, the Chicago Cubs, does feel like (laughs) the the Cubs are on the outside looking in now. Okay, can I I just say this? I, I have to mention this about the thought process in my head, which I apologize to everyone for you having to get in there, but we're here now. If secrecy is actually the thing that matters the most, like, aren't they, is there a 0% chance that they're not the ones in the driver's seat here? The Cubs? 
Like if secrecy actually matters, like if it actually does. And I like, I don't, I, I'm just talking this out. I don't actually believe that the Cubs are some secret favorite here or anything like that. But mm-hmm. I mean, if the sales pitch is, you know, first class organization facilities, yeah, I, you know, I'm not going to pretend to be able to speak to the Cubs, but I don't think, you know, this isn't uh, this isn't 1940s Wrigley. They're, they're playing in there. The idea of secrecy mattering so much, obviously they're going to have the cash to be in there. They wouldn't be in the conversation. I, I don't, I do think it is down to just the two that everyone's talking about here, but I don't know, like for how much secrecy matters, isn't it weird that we're just immediately casting off teams? I, I like, do you feel the same way or you think it's, it, it's fool's gold and it is just down to two? No, I think the Royals are the sneaky <laughs> favorites here because we haven't heard anything about the Kansas City Royals and Joey Otani. That, that Amish kid's been saving his allowance ever since he yeah. stole that homer and he's ready to pay up. No, I think there's like not nothing to that, that like the idea that it could be somebody that we're not talking about at all that emerges. I mean, not at all. Like, it's not, again, no, no, it's not going to be the Royals, Royals. But, like, yeah, it feels like a two-horse race now between the Dodgers and mm-hmm. Blue Jays. The idea that it's not either one of those, like, again, go back to six years ago yep. and where the Angels came from, who were in the discussions but were not forefront of mind when we were getting down to brass tacks and, and Shoei Otani making God, a decision. I imagine he goes back. But um, this, again, from Bob Nightingale's piece yesterday. The Chicago Cubs, however, have balked at Otani's price tag of 10 years and at least $500 million. One high-ranking official told USA Today Sports and appeared to now be out of the bidding. That, before this, uh, somebody tweeted this out. This was a, a radio uh, a, a, a uh, radio host. I think it was a Chicago-based radio host who was in Nashville yesterday. Who obviously are the smartest and most talented guys, radio hosts, obviously. Correct. Cubs president of baseball operations, Jed Hoyer, ran into Bob Nightingale and, quote, stern words were exchanged. So certainly the Cubs don't think they're out of it. They think that maybe Bob Nightingale playing into the idea of them being closer to out of it or at least a perception amongst the fan base that they have blown it and that, like, for financial reasons, Mm -hmm. they're not going down the path of Shohei Otani. I just like the idea that everyone in Nashville is super ornery, that this story hasn't broken yet, and it's like they just need a good fight. It's like we talked about, I talked about this at the Blue Jays with various times this year. It's like, yeah, I feel like you just need to kind of break the dam, have a good little fight. Uh, there, There is so clearly a feeling of pins and needles surrounding this, and yeah, I think that's obviously connected to the Otani of it all in terms of the Cubs specifically, but it's it's holding up everything in the industry. Like it's like, yes, you can see trades happen. Like Alex Verdugo got moved yesterday. It's not to say no moves of any consequence can happen, but you know, the Soto trade again, we talked about it with Morosi yesterday. The idea that it's going to happen before Otani, not to say it can't happen, but why would you, unless some team completely blows your socks off for him. So I think that, I, I think that that's just the kind of, prevailing feeling across baseball now is just this almost antsiness of you know teams can do some of their work but so much of the big big business is on hold until this guy makes up his mind yeah nothing of significance is going to happen i mean partly because players are waiting for the market to evolve around Shohei otani and secondarily it's like teams that are going to be involved in the juan soto of it all the 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 blake snell of it all are keeping their powder dry until they know for sure that they're not getting Shohei Otani. I would be, I'd be lying to you if I didn't have thoughts and the Verdugo trade does kind of change this a little bit for me. But that's why I asked Morosi about it yesterday. Because if you're the Yankees and you're sitting there going, okay, it's us, it's the Jays for Soto. And, you know, I understand other people could get involved in, in that as well. But 
wouldn't you want to jump the gun a little, just go out there and get the guy like you're the Yankees. That's kind of what you're supposed to do. And if the blue Jays are have their hands full right now, or they're tied up rightfully. So mm-hmm. then this would be the kind of time to do that. But also, you know, like where are you going to play Soto? If you're in New York, I mean, I understand they got a DH, but it's like, you're going to go for Dugo judge and Soto in your outfield. You're going to have to play, have judge play in center. Like, yeah, just kind of gums things up there. So I don't know. It's uh, th- that Verdugo trade is not the biggest thing of the day by any means, but it, it, I'd be lying to you if it didn't make me immediately start thinking of Soto when I saw that move. Yeah, of course. I, if people didn't see it, uh, Red Sox traded Alex Verdugo to the Yankees for some prospects. It's just the seventh trade between uh, Red Sox and Yankees in the last half century. Was and there a famous one? I guess they didn't trade. They just sold them. Yeah. Uh, Babe Ruth. Yeah. Being sold to the Yankees from the Red Sox. Um, it's uh, it's a changing landscape in Major League Baseball, right? Like we we don't we don't see nineteen divisional games anymore. Um, we see thirteen of them, but also there's the expanded playoff pool. So I guess there's the possibility of this uh, becoming more a common practice that in division rivals are going to be trading with each other because it's closer to a balanced schedule yep. and. You know, there's other ways to get into the playoffs than win your division. But I gotta say, this is it's it's just icky. Like yeah. it's just a, oh, it's, it's not it's not it doesn't make me feel good to see the Yankees and Red Sox trade and like not somebody of no significance, like part of a Mookie Betts trade, like yeah. in a guy that's an above average offensive player and defensive player, like somebody yeah. who might be flipped in a Juan Soto deal, but I'll also might well. be patrolling a corner outfield spot for the Yankees next season. Against the Red Sox, I get there's a lot of this that is really, I don't know, icky is the the only word that comes to mind. Really, yeah, no, that's the it's the right one, and yeah, it's uh, it it is an interesting move, and you know, he's in the last year of his deal, he's gonna he has owed nine million R roughly, and then he's gonna ha- hit hit free agency next year. It is odd though. I mean, you know, we've seen this before. The the you know the way ickier one was Johnny Damon going like right after the World Series. That yeah, was, but that's that's free agency. Yeah, I'm right? a free like, agent, as uh, Pedro famously shouted. You get to do what you want there, but I uh, yeah, it is. It's gross. It's icky. Like I hated seeing, you know, just to bring it back to exactly where my mind always presides, it's like, you know, Leafs legend Thomas Placanic patrolling around in his turtleneck. It's gross. Like, I don't I don't like to see it. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm with you there. Icky, icky when rivals trade together. Um, and if you believe Perry Manassian, Angels uh, general manager, the thing that you posited, which I, I thought was not a, not a bad thought at all, uh, although our pal John Morosi batted it down when, when you asked him. Yes, the Mike Trout, the the Mike, the possibility of a Mike Trout trade, not just to Toronto, but anywhere, according to Angels mm-hmm. GM Perry Manassian, totally off the table. Mike Trout is not getting traded, one hundred percent. Now, part of that might be they did like a little cursory conversation with Mike Trout, who controls his Everything destiny in, in the world. Entire, yeah. In, yeah, he's got full no trade. Yeah, what's this baseball protection? thing? Ten and five? Is that what it is? Yeah, ten years in the major leagues of baseball. Seven or yeah, five years. Uh, yeah, it's ten and seven, I think. Okay. Or 10 and 5. No, 10 and 5. And then five, 5 years with uh, the same, same team, you get a full no-trade clause. Maybe they <laughs> Sick could... deal for baseball, by the way. It's pretty good. Um, maybe it's possible that the Angels had like a little backdoor conversation with Mike Trout, and he said, yeah, this don't even bother because it's not going to happen. Uh, or maybe it's, hey, we have to 
relay to Shohei Otani that we're not breaking up the band here if, in fact, we're still in this thing. That is exactly the quote I would be giving until Shohei Otani signs with someone else. That's exactly what I'd be saying. I think we should all uh, check back in with uh, old Mr. Manassian uh, once Shohei inevitably signs with not the Angels because so help me God if he goes back there. The things I will feel about him. Uh, we'll, we'll, park, we'll park those thoughts for now, but uh, whew, I would not want to see that man play in baseball uh, back with the Angels next year. All right, there's so much to get to with this Otani situation. It feels like it's, it's not about to wrap up, despite the fact that today the winter meetings do wrap up. Uh, it's a winter meetings where you didn't have much action outside <laughs> you, of the, the action surrounding Shohei Otani. But yeah, they, this is... I, this is all people care about in the city of Toronto, honestly. Could you could you imagine he's sitting there in parts unknown because we have no idea. I guess he's in California. A private jet sleuthing would tell us that much. If he's sitting there and he's just, you know, just like we all do, scrolling around on his phone, he's a baseball fan. And he's like, you know what? Buster's right. And he rides in there on a white horseback today announcing which team he signs with. Like, oh, God, what a scene it would be. The damage is, damage is already done to oh. those insiders, though, right? They didn't and, have anything to talk. This, the winter meetings are over anyways. Mm, it's true. But it'd be good for me because, again, get it in today or wait till the weekend. That's my thoughts. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen, and I, I don't care. Like, this has been one of the most exciting um, off-season off developments of any pro sports team in this city ever outside of John Tavares, but John Tavares, there was a deadline there. We, we knew when, yep. when things were going to go down. It's just it very nice of him, by the way. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're sitting on pins and needles, uh, have been for the last week plus, and it will continue until a decision is made. All right. Lots more on Shohei Otani in the next uh, two and a half hours. Uh, when we come back, we got NBA in-season tournament thoughts. Is the Lakers move closer to maybe hanging a banner? Should they do that if they win the in-season tournament? Uh, Kyle Lowry in town tonight to play the Raptors in what might be his penultimate game in the city of Toronto and Christine Sinclair waving uh, goodbye to uh, Canadian soccer last night in BC. We'll talk about all that and more next. As the Fan Morning Show continues, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Big guests and bigger opinions on everything happening in Leafsland. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 59 the fan band is Brent Gunning. Semifinals set. Uh, the NBA's in-season tournament. It's about as good as you could get, honestly. Kind of perfect. Kind of perfect. It, you got a couple of franchises that haven't done anything uh-huh. but are up and coming and could be at one point in the next decade or so involved in the championship discussion but aren't yet, but mm-hmm. like have exciting stars Yep. in the Pacers and the Pelicans. And then you got two teams that very much are in the championship discussion with Hall of Fame great players yep. in the Bucs and Lakers. So it's Pacers, Bucs, Pelicans, Lakers on Thursday, the two semifinals, which are both in Vegas, and the early game starts at 5 o'clock for whatever reason. Uh, this is bizarre. I'm all for it, but uh, yeah, it's a strange. So like yeah, I will, 2 o'clock in the afternoon in Las Vegas. I will save all my scheduling complaints regarding the Toronto Maple Leafs. I have no opinions on the NBA okay. schedule. Great job, Adam Silver, and whatever Matrix cooked that up. I, I love 
everything about this in-season tournament, honestly, it's been such a rousing success. The, the players have bought in. Part of it is maybe they've been bought off to buy in with both like the monetary reward of winning each and every round, but See, also honest last night. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, the rich get richer. This yeah, no, it's correct. It's actually amazing that LeBron is like, give me that damn money. Yeah, and Giannis is like, oh, you should give it to the poor. Honestly, I think that's a contributing factor, but not not necessarily to Giannis. Certainly, somebody who's making less than fifty million dollars a year. <laughs> I think what might be the bigger factor, and it's part of the reason why we are also seeing a buy-in of the stars playing more and more games this year, is like the NBA is going to renegotiate its its media rights, Mm -hmm. the conclusion of the season. And this is part of the product that they're going to try and sell to all the the principals that are going to be involved in discussing the media rights around the NBA. And the players are stakeholders in how much money the league receives Mm -hmm. from... I don't know, Amazon, Apple, ESPN, Disney, NBC, whatever. Some entity on Mars. Whatever. So this is important for them to say, hey, look at this other thing Mm -hmm. that we just invented but has wholly been bought into by the players and now by the viewers because it's been great. Like, there's been moments, man. Yeah. So And it's also been so great for discussion. Mm. Every time I watch these games, think about – the franchises that are involved and their histories, more questions rattle around in my brain. I saw this one posed on Twitter the other day, and it's become now relevant because there are two wins away from doing it. The Los Angeles Lakers are one of the most storied franchises in the NBA. Mm-hmm. They won seven NBA or 17 NBA titles, That's right? That's a lot, yep. Yeah, like they're, man, you think about the NBA, it's like the Lakers and the Celtics. That's it. Um, should they raise a banner if they win the in-season tournament? The problem is, I don't think you should raise it for winning one NBA in-season tournament. I think they should do what the Raptors have done with their division titles. Where if you look at it, once they the Raptors used to have a bunch of banners for Atlantic division crowns. And hey, like, no shame on that for the place they were as their friend. Guess what, though? Once they won a title, who cares about having won the division? And so they put all of the division titles on one banner that hangs next to the championship banner. Now, I don't know what the logistics of our, this are for the first one, but for a team like the Lakers, and again, I, you know, we're so bogged down in the today of it all, but 30 years from now, I don't think it's weird to have a banner up in the Raptors of crypto.com, what I think it's called now. We'll see how long that lasts. But Yeah, I haven't paid attention to what Bitcoin's been doing oh, the last okay. couple of weeks. I haven't. You're a big Bitcoin guy, I know. And Ethereum, I know. Spread it out, I know, I know. We don't need to get bogged down in that. But I look at it and it's like, it wouldn't be weird to me at all for in 20 years to look up and see an in-season tournament banner that had 2023, 27, you know, 34, whatever years they win it in. That, to me, wasn't weird. One-off banner for a franchise like the Lakers, yeah, feels a little weird. But But if a franchise does it, like, you know, let's just pick the Pelicans. I don't think it is the Predators hanging their president. Was it who? Yeah, was it the Predators who some NHL team hung a ridiculous banner? It was like it wasn't for the president's oh, we've trophy. seen some yeah, some, some ridiculous, nefarious ones, some ridiculous, ridiculous. Ones. It wouldn't banners. be that. I mean, the Colts are are yes, the yes, this is the what? conference finalists or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it can get embarrassing. But to that point, this isn't embarrassing if you raise a banner. You no. you absolutely should raise a banner. And in fact, if you don't raise a banner. 
the NBA should be freaking out. Mm. No, they should be forced to raise a banner if they <laughs> win the NBA's in-season tournament. This is so different from the Raptors winning a bunch of Atlantic Division titles, which were like, okay, the the, the seeding for division winners, that was part of it, and you had to finish, you had to be placed top four if you mm-hmm. were one of the three division winners in your conference. So it was like on people's radar, mm-hmm. but like on a day-to-day basis, who talked about the Atlantic Division standings? Nobody. Nope. Nobody cared. Nobody thought about it. Mm-hmm. This is different. This is a championship. A trophy will be handed out, right? Mm-hmm. There will be a celebration. Everybody understands the stakes here. This is this has nothing to do. It's called the in-season tournament for now, and it, it'll have a new name when it, it gets his corporate yeah, the sponsor. Elon Cup, yeah. Uh, it's corporate sponsor next season. But yeah, there, there's going to be a celebration. There's an Okay, you don't have to have, like, a parade or whatever. But, yeah, this is, again, we're talking about buy-in from the players, from the yep. league, from the viewers, from the fans. That that That's all part of it. You have to celebrate winning a title as different as it is from the 17 championships. Again, like, there's – I, I bet you there's going to be a champagne celebration for the winning team in Las Vegas. Like yeah. that's that's like that's definitely going to happen. And on the court, they're all going to be hugging each. other. It's not going to be the same. I'm as actually winning now the Larry dying. O'Brien I'm actually trophy. dying to see what the reaction is going to be now. There will be something for though. sure. I no, can, of course. And and again, that's like part of. There will be a corporate tie in there as well because we know there's like championship attire that you have to wear and it's all sponsored and whatever. You know, Bud Light is going to have the the cans that they have to open and pour all over yeah. themselves. Like there there will be. That will be part of it. But I don't care if you've won 17 Larry O'Brien trophies. Mm-hmm. This is the first of what should be a, you know, a, a lifetime's worth of in-season tournament titles. This isn't going away. Like, you, one thing that I can guarantee you after dipping our toes mm-hmm. in the in-season tournament waters is that this is this is this this has staying power, yeah. okay? It's not going away. And, yeah, is it... I don't know if I'm going to go far enough as to say that this is like it's an incredible historic achievement to win the first one of these things. But I I wouldn't be surprised if you look back in 20 years and you're like, man, this has now become a thing. Remember the first one? And that's Mm -hmm. part of that team's legacy. Look at the banner that's hanging from that thing. That's actually why I think it's, you know, and it doesn't in the grand scheme of things, I don't think it really matters, but that's why I think from a league perspective, it is best that the Lakers win it. Like it does mean something 30, 40 and look like Giannis is going to be a great player in this league when, when it's all said and done, but he's not going to hold the same place in the game. LeBron does nobody or one other guy will when, when it's all said and done. So I think from a league perspective, it would be great for them to have the Lakers just for a, from the stories sake of it all and yeah now that we talk around it i yeah i'm here for it raising the banner at the next home game and then kind of move on and get get to your business of the season but i also think that if a team has won like 10 of them maybe maybe i don't know put on one banner yeah i don't think that's gonna happen though i i think it's going to be very difficult to be a dynastic in-season tournament team agreed well i mean i i don't disagree but i think that you will see you know, like I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if five years into this, a team like the Pacers is kind of the blueprint or the Pelicans, quite frankly, for mm. what you look for in an in-season team. A team that has we'll see. expectations for the season, 
but in the grand scheme of things, a title is not realistic. I I, I think I could see a world where that is kind I of. I mean, the, the Knicks prototype. would have been that team yeah, too. They, they got their heads caved in yep. yesterday well, by the Bucks. Yeah, I think that's the case of a much better team. Yeah, uh, getting get taken well, taken advantage. Yeah, I would say that the the reason why we view the Bucks and the Lakers as championship contenders and the Pelicans and the Pacers is not is because they're much better teams. Yep. Just the one, but the one off aspect of it, right? It allows you to have the guy who gets hot and. Obviously, we saw that yeah, with Halliburton in the uh, in the Celtics game. Okay, so the other thing I thought about. Mm. Okay, so Dame Lillard, he, you know, he part of the reason he wanted to get out of Portland is because yeah, they, they didn't trade Scoot Henderson pick, and you know they were going a little, a little younger, um, and they decided not to align with Dame Lillard's timeline. Uh, but also, he wants when he's done playing to mm-hmm. have something to show for what is a hall of fame career other yep. than like some memeable moments, big shots in the early rounds of the postseason. Waving bye-bye to Paul George. Yeah. Though, that's nice. It's really good. And God, don't forget when they made the Western conference final against the warriors in 2019. Yeah. Sounds about right. Um, they, and they got swept. <laughs> they had halftime leads in all four of those games. Wow. So like, I mean, we you want to talk what, about hanging the banner. Yeah, we know what game time is. It's the first half of the game. No, I yeah. just, I just. But that's it. That's literally the pinnacle of his yep. NBA career to this point, being a Western Conference final against the Warriors in which they get their heads pounded in mm-hmm. in, in four games. Must have been fun. And certainly he, he part of the reason he went, the, the, one of the, I mean, it was a trade, so it's not like he could handpick his destination. I know, OG, OJ and Obi scared him to death with that. One of... The reasons he's not upset at going to the land of beer and cheese is, well, maybe he's a big fan of beer and cheers. Uh, although I saw him on the pregame show yesterday talking about how he's not, like, big into bratwurst. But is that he thinks he can win a championship with Giannis because Giannis has already done it. And, yeah, that, yeah. that makes a, a whole lot of sense. So, yes, that's the ultimate accomplishment that Dame Lillard is looking for. But winning the in-season tournament might be, I don't know if there's even a might in there. It's going to be, like, the biggest accomplishment so far mm. in Dame Lillard's career. Maybe when it's all said and done, it's the biggest accomplishment in Dame Lillard's career. What about some of the all-time great players who we look back on their careers and we say, man, well, part of it is, hey, you ran into a pretty good uh, player, Michael Jordan, yeah. who was at the peak of his powers during the era in which you were at the peak of your powers, mm-hmm. and by you, you never got that championship. Uh, or in the case of Allen Iverson, oh, you ran into the Kobe Shaq Lakers. That's yep. that's a shame. But you never won a title. Would we have viewed their careers differently if they at least had an in-season tournament title ring? No, because let's just use the Chuck example of it all. He's on inside the NBA, and Shaq and Kenny are there, and they got their rings, and Ernie's there, and then Charles goes, don't talk to me like that. I'm a champion too. <laughs> I won the in-season tournament. That's not... That's embarrassing. That's so much worse, actually, in fact. I'm not saying Damian Lillard would rather win nothing ever in his NBA career. But honestly, what I was thinking about with this is that, like, would he hold the in-season tournament nearer and dearer than he does his Olympic gold from 2020? But what if, what if, what if, like, it's the Bucks and Lakers in that game in Vegas, yeah, it, and it's it's a one-score game, and it goes down to the and Dame hits one of his Dame time shots at the end of the game to win it? Then that will be the ultimate silver medal for an NBA Hall of Fame career, which he's going to have. 
That it, that would be pretty it. good. If it's, it's a silver medal, though, I, like if it's I, right there at the but, top. But it's the that's, exact, it's almost it's, it's just one podium spot down from gold. It's the exact scenario you laid out, though. It has to be if he if it's if it's literally any other scenario. It's like oh, it's Zion mm-hmm. or oh, it's Halliburton. Yeah, mm-hmm. cool. We'll forget about it in six weeks. Like we'll remember it. It'll be nice. It'll be a big moment. But the circumstances of it matter so much, and that's why I think that. I think that, um, you know, it's like the old Bill Simmons theory of like different size trophies for MVP. It's like, oh, this is a real MVP year. Yeah, you barely got it this year. It's like, I think back to when Jamie Benn won the Art Ross with like 87 points. It's like, I don't know, maybe that trophy should be a little smaller than mm-hmm. than in other years. It's like not all NBA in-season tournaments are going to be created equal. It'll be a lot like March Madness. You know, we all love the upsets throughout yeah. it. And then you have an eight seed play in a 12 seed in the final and everyone goes, you know I'm good, you know, on this actually. That, that's is actually, actually what I think it'll I end think up playing out like. That's the best point because thank you, thank you so much. The the 2019 Raptors championship, it doesn't matter that they got a diminished version of the Warriors Mm-mm. and blah 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 and all the caveats that you throw. They got through four rounds of the postseason and won a title, mm-hmm. right? Like yes. that's that's it. Yep. And to a lesser extent, that's the hey, the Lakers bubble title. They did the same mm-hmm. thing. You know, yeah, it was a little different. It was a little different, but it's still like an NBA title is an NBA Mm -hmm. title because you still everybody has injuries. You can suffer injuries, and that's just a lot of games. And man, it's it's a a month of basketball in the postseason. You you can't take that away. I think you're right. The way we view these in season tournament titles will depend on how it plays out. Totally right, because they are just one off games. Like ah, okay, whoa, oh wow, Anthony Davis, you got through. A Pacers team that was having an incredible start offensively, but was one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA. And Tyrese Halliburton's magic wore off by the time he played you in the final. It's like, congratulations. But if it's like, if it's the Lakers and the Bucks, and that final game in Las Vegas goes down to the wire, Mm -hmm. and it's LeBron again with another epic performance... Yeah, we'll yeah. remember that differently. It'll go into the it'll go into the annals of LeBron James history, right? Like it, it, nothing in the in-season tournament is ever going to top game 6 in Boston, right? Like that's the playoffs will always matter more than this, always. But if you get the marquee matchup, I do think it'll it'll matter. And you also bring up the Warriors reminded me of the joke I wanted to make about this that if Damian Lillard does win the in-season tournament, it would still be, to me, more valuable than all of Kevin Durant's NBA titles up to this point because, you know, he he's allowed to go chase rings, but uh, Kevin Durant is not, just in my my personal opinion. There. Okay, that's yeah. your, your personal. I just wanted to get my caveats out there. Okay, right. very, very good. Uh, before we take the break, uh, Christine Sinclair's international career is over. Uh, as an in- incredible scene out in BC yesterday at Christine Sinclair place but they renamed bc place which i appreciated seems fitting um she was feted with a, a pre-game ceremony canada won the game one nothing over australia and it was off a corner kick that was intended to go off the head of christine sinclair didn't quite work out but whatever they won the game against australia which was super important i oh, man it would have been such an incredible moment for canada to earn a PK and for Sink oh. to step up and take it, whatever, whatever. And can I just continue that fan fiction for yeah. the Australian keeper to obviously have to take the dive? Like, I know they literally dive in that sport uh, yes. for, for goalkeeping. I'm not even making a soccer joke there, but you'd have to, right? A hundred percent. You would have to do that. Um, so they, they won and it was an incredible scene and 40 plus thousand fans to watch it. It did. It did remind me not, not that I needed reminding, but like, mm. 
she, given her druthers, Christine Sinclair would have just said, hey, it's over. I played totally. my last game. It was like, I'm home now. Like, don't bother me. Like, I'll, I'll do my charity stuff. Like, that'll uh, be fine. And But, like, don't ask me to, like, Chris, come on your radio Christine show Sinclair, or something. Christine Sinclair, Shohei Otani, Spider-Man. Right, movie. exactly. Just same, same. Yeah. Like, that's Christine Sinclair. Like, I, I think I feel comfortable in what I know about Christine Sinclair, I, and I got to interview her in studio. Hey, me too. Just a couple of guys who have interviewed the the goat. We did it because she was making the rounds because she was doing something with charity, right? Like oh, there was it wasn't out of the goodness of her heart. She was hawking burgers. For yes, me. Yeah. yeah, same thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I don't think Sink was. Yeah, I mean, she put on a brave face oh, and yeah. she was actually really good. Um, but yeah, she doesn't. She's not interested in that. And she she would have, as much as I'm sure she was moved, and man, she was brought to tears before the game. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, she would have preferred not to have that done. But it's 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 such a, for anybody that's about to go out, um, perhaps on their own terms, perhaps not, just a reminder that, like, this is such a, it's a fan service thing, mm -hmm. but, like, it's so much better to get something like that. And it's a sport that yep. that is... This is not uncommon no. to have these these final send-off yeah. games. I wouldn't be against having it in the NHL or, or Major League I, Baseball, like celebrity-type, you know, all-star games, final games of, of, of legendary players' careers so that the fans have a chance to say goodbye. Yeah, you've started to see it a little more in, in hockey. I noticed there was one for, I want to say, Marion Hossa. He had one, and I mean, just think of all the teams that that guy played on. And, you know, for that sport, it's a little different as well in that, you know, Marion Hossa goes back to, uh, you know, uh, the country he's from, and he brings all these NHL all-stars over there. It's like, you know, when, are, when else are those guys ever going to be in that part of the world again? Similar thing happened for Salman. Uh, they had like a benefit game for him over the summer. Yeah, but again, that's Sweden. like European mentality, right? Totally, and I want to see it. Like, I want when, please not any time before there's best on best in the NHL, but like mm -hmm. when Sidney Crosby eventually hangs him up. Right. Like, I want all those boys to go play, do two, do one in Ramouski and do do one in Cole Harbor. Like, I think it is an amazing thing, and I'd love to see it be more a part of, of our North American sports culture because, I mean, yeah, like... How cool would it be for when it's all said and done for LeBron to have a game with, you know, all the guys he played with throughout the years in, in Akron or wherever, mm -hmm. you know, it'd be, be amazing. Yeah, it would be. And then, you know, take the proceeds, give them to charity, whatever. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Uh, fairly well. Christine Sinclair. When we come back, back into the Shohei Otani discussion. Feels like that's the story du jour. Yeah, it's the story of the week. It's um, could be the, the story of the year if in fact it goes the and way I think it might of the be, blue jays they might be regardless we'll see yeah i mean yeah if, if he's wearing dodger blue it might be it for sale for me speaking <laughs> of which um we'll talk about rob longley's report yesterday that part of the reasoning that choi otani is also looking towards the blue jays is that toronto is a quieter city is that actually true uh we'll get into that and more next as the fan morning show continues ben ennis brent gunning sportsnet 590 the fan